from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Ursula, can't lie to you. I looked down at my clock and I said, it's only 10 o'clock? That 9 o'clock hour is brutal. Good morning to you, Ursula. It's because you were getting in such a foul mood over some of our topics. So we're going to have a refresh. Yes. Reset right now. Yeah. 10 o'clock. There we go. And we got the perfect person for a reset. Yes, absolutely. Perfect person. And in fact, um, well, let me just remind you that you are an important part of our show. So uh, whether you email us or you join us on our G and Ursula Show Facebook page, or you can text us on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. That's 888 5476. What's new at 10? And let's bring that perfect person in. We're talking about Chris Sullivan, lovingly known as Sully, who talks to us about everything traffic related. And I was just recently on the I 5 Express lanes. And once again, I looked and was like, oh my gosh, that looks like a garbage can with all the graffiti. Why is this such a problem? And you, for this week's choke point, Looked into all things express lanes. And if you can, if you remember back around September time, you were going, geez, why are the express lanes and everything so looking like garbage? Yes, right? exactly. And so it took me this long to actually get to the people at DOT going through all the way through Christmas and That's all the holidays problem. and things like this. Well, the guy who they wanted to speak about it is like the OG at the okay. watchdog at the t- t- uh, traffic management center. He's been in charge of, you know, years of the decades worth of, so they wanted me to go to the guy. His name okay. is Michael Forvis. Uh, been there for, uh, and is, uh, you know, uh, really well known in the, but he, that that's his thing. Okay. It's his it took, a long, it took a long time to talk to him. Well, yeah, to get to him because our schedules kept trying to, cause they were like, well, can we meet in person? Can we meet remote? Uh-huh. And then they, well, the graffiti p- thing was handled by another person in Wasdot. <laughs> so that in order to get them in the same room at the same time, it, we had troubles to get some scheduling. There, yeah. There's, you're a, there's, not a theme. Hel- there's a theme here. Yeah, you're Thank not you. helping us make the case for great government efficiency today. Again, <laughs> it's hard to get to the people who actually do the work at WashDOT. Okay. Right? Oh. You know, you Got know, it. though, because I mean, if I've been trying to get an IRT ride along for the longest time, you know, but the, oh. you know, those, those people bust their butts so hard, it's hard to get in there. Ah. So, but anyway, again, okay. it's not a reflection on okay. that. It's also a reflection that I wasn't available most Fridays in the fall. You know, my yeah. schedule was some, somewhat reduced. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so the bottom line is I went, went and kind of did a refresher. Here are the express okay. lines. Here are some of the questions that we get. And though number one of them is, why is the graffiti so bad? And one so of the things bad. that we had talked about in the past is, and I believe maybe it's because the express lanes are not open 24-7. And that provides unfettered access for taggers it to sure basically does. come in. Because there's so many on and off ramp, little tiny ones, where you can access the express lanes. And then from the, you have basically a blank canvas 20, you know, in the overnight hours because it's not open. And then from there, you can access, you know, the main line as well. And in talking to James Poling, who with the WashDOT person I talked to about graffiti, he's like, listen, we don't think it makes a difference right now, whether they're open or closed. Because if you look at where the graffiti is on the main line, look at like right at 45th, there's a two foot shoulder there. And people are spending 10 or 15 minutes doing one of those big, really colorful tags with traffic whizzing by them off their rear ends. They expect the same thing would be happening if the express lanes were open 24-7. By the way, they I, were... I cannot say that I've seen that. 
while driving. As much as I drive, I five. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. That, I have not seen but someone they're actually. There. But the, you know, but the tags are there, so they they, it, it has to happen. So they're the. They're, it's not an excuse. They're like, listen, if we if they were open twenty four seven, we don't think that would solve the problem. And and when I found that out, I was like, okay. It turns out the the express lanes were open twenty four seven when they started, and oh. they were open twenty four seven until the nineteen nineties, when the East Lake neighborhood filled in a little bit, and they started bitching about the noise oh. because the way the ship canal bridge is done, kind of like Husky Stadium and Lumen Field, the noise goes up and bounces right back down into the neighborhood. So in the 90s, they're like, okay, we don't need, we don't have the traffic volume at night, so we'll stop running them 24-7. But up into the 90s, for the first 30 years, the express lanes, they were open 24-7. Wow. Never knew that one. That's a good one. Sully, I just want to tell you that you did such a good job of uh, blessing your friend Dave Ross in that interview and sound and you asked him about it was it was awesome he asked about the ivy uh on the walls and it was and you asked him in real time and he was like oh i never, never heard of never that never heard of that that was awesome for, okay so for someone who lives in tacoma and has no idea what we're talking about What's what are we funny, talking about well, we'll tell, well dave's idea was well let's just put hang I, fake ivy from on all the walls so that vegetation gets in the way and you won't tag the, oh. the ivy, right? Because in certain places, vegetation does prevent access or prevents the tags yes. from being seen. So Dave was like, why not use that? And so I ran that to Michael Forvis and he's like, I'd I never heard that. So you know, I took that question right from Dave to the head and he'd never heard of it. Speaking of Tacoma, what's interesting, I just went, but thanks to a listener, they tried fake ivy. In 2015 and 2016, right at 7.05 in downtown, still there. So I've reached out to the city of Tacoma to find out how that's gone or not. Because, I mean, that was just a few years ago. But just, you know, so many things, I forgot about it. But, yeah, it was interesting that Mr. Forbes didn't know about that. But that's something that the city of Tacoma had actually done as a pilot project six or seven years ago. Is this 7.05 or the uh, the 7? 7.05. So right as you're going into downtown, apparently they, uh, to deter a combination of homeless and graffiti, there they wow. hung some fake ivy which i wasn't aware of again thanks to a listener and i went back and i looked at stories we'd written about <laughs> <laughs> it just tells you how much we forget okay, in all well, of this so so what is then being done because again just looking at it a couple of days ago it just looked and this is something in my opinion is kind of unique to see the seattle area i don't see it in other portland cities. is uh, really okay, really well, bad Actually, no, no. I was just it in does Portland. happen in other cities. Oh, hold on. Happens yeah, on, it happens in other cities. Have you seen the as bad L as lately? it is on ours? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, it happens. But okay. it's pretty. I stand but it's, corrected. It's, it's it's visible. I think what we've noticed lately too is it's gotten a lot more colorful and a lot less maybe you know real quick little things as opposed to stuff that yeah, is. Yeah. So what full. are they going to do? Well, again, they're going to do what they always do, which is keep spending a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to go and repaint it as often as they can. But as soon as they repaint it, the Taggers come right back. Uh, one thing that Mr. Forrest told me is at the traffic management center, whenever they see someone on their cameras where they shouldn't be, they call the state police every single time to maybe to get a trooper down there to see if they can find whoever's doing the tagging. Uh, but the thing about the express lanes is uh, some of the places where they tag are the under the underground parts where there are tile on the side yes. in some places takes a specialty paint. Mm. They're really difficult to get rid of. Uh, and so it's the, it's kind of like, okay, it's low-hanging fruit. There's not any enforcement. Whenever we spend money on it, it just gets 
blown up again, and so they're they're kind of like there's not a lot we can do about it. Right so now. in other words, they're th- basically telling kind of throwing us up their hands not a little a bit. Whole lot we can do no. to fix the problem. No, I mean because they're other throwing than, money at it. Other than actually, when you arrest one of them, maybe have some more serious that consequences. That would be something. Chef just let us know. There's actually graffiti accounts out here on Instagram with a bunch of followers these days. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like like, like yeah, they do it for twelve thousand followers. Yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, and, and 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 a lot of the ones they started out with video of them what they would do to climb onto the freeways and show people where they access the freeways, yeah. and then showed them running up and down the express lanes with no one there doing what they do. Yeah, it's uh, um, but yeah, it's I, I'm not sure. And again, they have, don't have enough staff because the people you know the people who are in charge of painting graffiti, you know yes. what their job real really is. They're in charge of bridge maintenance, expansion joints. They're yeah. uh, you cutting vegetation. I mean, they have fifty different jobs that they do, and this is one. So they get to it when they get to it, and then it's repainted the next day. It's kind of like shoveling sand at the ocean. Oh boy, Sully, thank you for. I thought you wanted something this. positive. I know I did. <laughs> Look what I came in with. <laughs> By the way, when I saw G's hat on backwards earlier and heard this lore, low thundering from, I was like, boy, must something must been going on in the nine o'clock oh, yeah. hour. I couldn't oh, hear, yeah. but I knew oh, yeah. something was going on. So I just... we're, we're counting on you to lift G's spirits up in the ten o'clock hour. Lily makes really nine good banana bread. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Lily makes incredible banana bread. Is that lifting up boats? G brought was... us banana bread that Lily had made yesterday. You should tell the story. Oh, yeah. What if you don't want to get the fact that uh, my 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 Twitter reach apparently uh, oh, reaches yeah. into some yeah. uh, places you don't expect. Yeah. Pierce County. Some folks in the building said, hey, we saw that uh, Sully had some of your banana bread. Yeah, so <laughs> Sully's popular in all these government buildings. <laughs> Thanks, Sully. That's funny. See you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, let's talk about some other things related to traffic. Okay. Because it will be harder for police to stop jaywalkers if a bill in Olympia becomes law. Mm. State Senator Rebecca Saldana says her bill would allow pedestrians to cross roads that have speed limits of up to 45 miles per hour or less. Uh, As long as you're not blocking traffic while crossing, she says that should be okay. She says that research shows that jaywalking enforcement doesn't actually stop people from getting hit by cars. And she has concerns that the current jaywalking laws disproportionately impact black people and people who are experiencing homelessness. What do you think? Should Should police just stop? I mean, enforcing uh, jaywalking, which I don't think is enforced that much. It doesn't. You do it right like, in front of someone's nose. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, okay, <clears throat> trying to make sure I get this right. <laughs> Sometimes, Ursula, there are situations that happen in this country that do impact people of color. As a matter of fact, specifically jaywalking. This topic right here, there is a history of people of color being stopped and and, 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 and and antagonized with this specific deal right here. Jaywalking. Oh, what'd you do? You were jaywalking. Oh my goodness, you're going to stop me. I, I, I do agree with that. But in 2024, in my opinion, not my opinion, I don't think police officers across the country really go after people jaywalking. I don't think this is something that they spend their time doing. Hey, honey, what'd you do today? Well, Picked up about five or six jaywalkers. That was my day to day. I just don't think that. I also understand where someone would come up from by saying they want to do away from that. I don't want to 
do away with telling people, hey, it's okay to cross the street at non-intersections at places that are 45 miles per hour and below. I just don't think that that is a good idea. I trust right now that police officers are not abusing. I probably shouldn't say that, but I do. I trust that police officers aren't abusing the whole jaywalking deal. They're not going out and actively trying to stop people from jaywalking. But at the same time, I don't want to just incentivize people by saying, hey, you're free to go ahead and jaywalk because I think it is dangerous. People are on their phones. They're texting these days, not paying attention. I don't want to incentivize that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this bill myself, and um, maybe that is because I see too many pedestrians who have close uh, close calls. Um, I told you that uh, on Aurora Avenue on Christmas Eve, my dad hit somebody who was trying to jaywalk across Aurora Avenue Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night when, uh, you know, traffic wasn't as he- wasn't heavy that night, but the visibility wasn't great, and someone just crossed in the middle of a busy road, right. Aurora, right. and right. actually got hit. And mm-hmm. thankfully, she survived, but it was also traumatizing for my parents and all of us uh, because we were worried about her mm. well-being. Right. Um, and I-, I looked up the research, and what, 100 people uh, are killed uh, in jaywalking accidents mm-hmm. every year but hundreds more are injured and I, I just look at this like like why don't we fix the problem if your concern is that jaywalking laws are disproportionately applied to uh, black americans and people who are homeless then fix that problem yeah don't don't get rid yeah, of but okay so if if they pass this law right and and you have a, you see a close call or you hit somebody with your car, that would remain illegal. So it's not le- it would not be legal to jaywalk if you're impeding the flow of traffic. I mean, I have a simple question because right now it is illegal to cross mid-block, to cross against a signal or walk in the street in the state of Washington. Do you guys jaywalk ever? If you are downtown at a light and people are standing there waiting for the signal and there's no cars around, are you the person that steps out and just go ahead and go ahead and cross I mean, the street? I, 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 I have, yeah, but I don't encourage it. Yeah, I have. I, the idea that making this uh, legal would encourage people to engage in risky behavior, I don't see that there's any evidence from that. All of us do this. And the idea that it's not people don't issue tickets. There were seventeen hundred jaywalking tickets written in Seattle from twenty ten to twenty sixteen. This still happens. It just won't happen to you or me. I just want to just say this. Uh, I've been black damn near fifty years. I ain't never been in a barbecue or in a barbershop where it came up that hey dog, I just got a ticket for jaywalking. It is just not. Now, have you that... ever been warned about jaywalking? No, because I have. No, I, mean, I have it's because just... I frequent the U district for and and. You know, sometimes you don't want to make it all the way to the corner. I just don't think it's... I, I, <laughs> so you'll cross I the middle really of the street. I really just don't think it's a problem. I can call 10 yeah. people right now and I, I would... Know, I, but, you but know what I'm saying? But there are statistics. But just because it, it isn't in your circle doesn't mean that it isn't a problem. That well, all said... But sometimes I we, still, we try to fix problems, which... The, you know what I mean? We try to fix... You have a solution in search of a problem? Because to fix that problem, right... Well, you got to stop disproportionately pulling people and stopping people. That's why, the why problem. Why would you keep an yes. immoral law on the books? Because I don't think like it's— Like, literally, a police officer, I no cars around. I, I can get a ticket immoral. for crossing the street. 
Because because some people's judgment on if a car is too close can be very subjective. And we have right. a lot of people. I'm encouraging people to go to the crosswalk. I am not going yeah. to encourage you to not. I don't care if you yeah. think. I played the game Frogger on Atari back in the day. I wasn't very good at it. Okay, so one block from my house is 196th Street in Edmonds. It's a very busy street. There's a three-quarter of a mile stretch where there is no intersection and there's no crosswalk. And it is illegal for any pedestrian to cross that road. Now, do you think if you were to cross when there's absolutely no cars and a cop just happens to be there, do you actually think you'd be arrested? Do I think I would be? No, they don't arrest people for uh, jaywalking, but they can issue citations. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Do you think you'd be stopped? You're asking me if I trust officer discretion for myself? Yeah. Do people get cited for this all the time, though? Yes. Sure. I'm, I'm. This is one of those topics that we can agree to disagree. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I think we have more of a problem with pedestrians getting hit by cars than we have right now of people of color being severely impacted by warnings or jaywalking tickets. That's where my line is. Fair. Janice says, I see dangerous jaywalking all the time in Federal Way. People literally running across Pack Highway. Yeah, that's Which would remain illegal. That's what we don't want. All right. Good good topic. Hey, coming up next, uh, Ursula, I know this is a topic that you guys, I think all of us, everyone that listens to the Gene Ursula Show will love what we're going to discuss next. Science right now is revealing why American politics are so intensely polarizing. Yes, we're going to discuss that next. Gene Ursula. much for hanging out with us on the G and Ursula show. It is January 23rd, 2024. This is a big election year, of course, and it comes at a time that when we are more polarized than ever. This year, there's no shortage of researchers who have theories about the steady rise in what many call tribalism. Uh, there's an article in the Washington Post that says, There is one theme that really is overarching in much of the research, and I'm curious if you agree. So the social scientists are saying that our politics tend to be much more emotional now. So our policy preferences are actually overshadowed by this just overwhelming dislike of those who disagree with us. And the term that's being used is effective, affective polarization. So, um, I mean, it's a big because we have a two-party system, which we have talked about before. Um, and, you know, they say basically we wouldn't have civilizations if we didn't create groups. So it's like you're in this group and I'm in this group. So what do you do about it when now it's more emotional than ever before? It's more polarized than ever before. Is there a solution to this? Well, I, I've said this before when we first started the show. I'll bring it back. We always have a gang mentality towards everything, whether it's this is your this is my team. This is my neighborhood. This is my state. This is my my political circle. All those things. I do think that today we are. I think it's easier right now 
for us to deal and talk about politics because I think it's kind of clear, right? We're not really we're not really going back and forth on different policies. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of the topics that you and I talk about right now. A lot of the things that people, if you're listening, if you're conservative or liberal or anything, the things we're talking about are really hitting us and we're all agreeing with them, right? Because there's a lot of people that are struggling financially. And a lot of what we talk about these days, a lot of the things that matter to all of us are finances, right? And I think that we're coming together on them. But this topic is very interesting in what you're talking about, Ursula. Well, and one of the things that you bring up is, so what do you do when we are so polarized, when people aren't even really even talking about policy differences, but it's like, ooh, you like Trump? Mm -hmm. Well, I automatically have a reaction to that. And it it might be that I put you in the, well, you're in that other camp when the researchers say that if in fact... We had more, you know, conversations, and then we also tried to work toward a common goal, or talked about things that we want to achieve together. We wouldn't have the same kind of polarization. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of, of being a part of that problem. Well, I, I want I want to hear that because I will say that I'm extremely proud of you because I was it just this week or was it last week? Where you said something and then you apologized immediately when someone called you out because it was like. I think it comes from a real place of hurt when it comes to uh, the Republican Party and how they've embraced the former president yeah. again. Yeah. I, I just I just think that um, the reason why I apologize and what I apologize for is I just talked about how the GOP and the support and how Donald Trump is the uh, the leader of the party. But the reason why I apologized in I am starting to do a better with job with this. And this is what I was guilty of. I was guilty of labeling you as a Trump supporter going first, leading first with that instead of leading with humanity first. I'm not trying to get deep and philosophical, but I'm just yeah. trying to say that we have lost a lot of understanding. Like, hey, even though this person believes this this way. You still have to reach out, reach towards humanity first. That's number one. Number two, there are things that I believe that um, society has made it easy for you not to understand. Oh, and and, and by the way, media today and social media especially, but media where you can be in an echo chamber now and be surrounded with information that just confirms what you already believe, that is so much easier too, right? So you're not you're not actually forced to hear anything different. Right. And you know, I it's taken me a long time to get uh to stop being so upset with people not understanding. Like it has not been popular for the point of view of people of color, specifically black people on the airwaves to tell what we see, where we come from, right? That has been there. For an example, I'm the first black man on primetime radio on Cairo radio ever. Primetime, right? So when you have years and years and years and years of that and never having that voice, how can I expect to come on here and say some things and people understand where that's coming from? I'm not just when I talk about a topic sometimes, I'm not just telling you the point of view of what just happened right here. I'm going to go back your to experience. the history yeah. of why, like, for, for an example, when we say things like, oh, now you're finally seeing that side of a story when it took technology for you to believe it. And so I, Ursula, have done a better job of saying it's okay. 
I can't expect everybody's going to get things and learn things on their own time. We should not degrade, denigrate, and I, not we, me, I should not look down on someone because they support a Donald Trump or they support a person, even though I don't agree. Yeah. And I think that is just tremendous growth. And I guess that's essentially what these researchers are saying is that uh, if you can, because it has become so emotional, if you can get these two opposing groups to actually work on a common problem, which I mean, you might say, okay, duh, of course that that would be, but that's not that easy. But I have noticed just in the time of doing this show, that there are people and, and, and specific people on our text line who at the beginning, uh, you know, I mean, they made it clear they could not stand us. And uh, every time they would text in, it would just be <laughs> triggering I, probably for, for both sides. Today, they are some of our favorite people. Yeah. You're right. And I, and I think it's and, and I know where there was a turning point with one in particular that I'm thinking of where it was like, you know what? It doesn't matter who you support and who you who who you, uh, you know, who what what party you're affiliated with. There is something here that we found in common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm actually thinking of Liz and Gig Harbor. Oh, that's my buddy. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah, and I mean, there. in the beginning, it was like, yeah. I don't know that that. We would have um, had the kind of relationship until we we found some things that we have in common. And now she's one of our favorite people on our text line. No, no, no. And she's very conservative, mm-hmm. uh, and and is not afraid to share her opinions. But I think we found other things that we can we can share. I, I, I want uh, Kai is another one. Yep. Kai and I, our politics Cliff aren't really in Woodenville, who's the, the, the same? top bidder for our. Um, uh, show sit in. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I think what happens is is that a show like ours, Ursula, if we went one way or the other, extreme one way, right? If both of you and I, every time we turn the microphone on, we either went extreme all the way to the right, right, and we went extreme all the, or we went extreme all the, all the way to the left. It would be better radio for the following aspect of yeah. it. Like people would follow more of that instead of every time a topic comes up, you really can't pinpoint where G and Ursula will side at on that. No. We take every story based on that specific deal. Because I think in reality, most people are somewhere on that spectrum. It would be so much easier to do a show if you knew exactly how you should just line it all up mm-hmm. and then just spew those points. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. would be so much easier. Right. Yeah. But if you try to get nuanced and then talk about it and then, you know, try to understand the other person's perspective, uh, it's much more challenging, but much more rewarding. Before we go, sorry, Nick, there's a text comes in and says, do you think Liz's policy beliefs would make her a good person? I want to I want to I want to explain that one. I think that whatever your policy beliefs are, there's a reason why you have that, right? And I'm not dumb. I understand sometimes why you might feel a certain way. Chef, you give me the perfect, bro, Mm. you're the perfect example. You and I, every single day, all the time, you'll tell me how you used to think. Yeah. about things, how you used to view the world and how you've made that change. Not because somebody grabbed you, put you in a headlock and say, I'm going to force you to change. You made that on your own. Yeah. 
like how we all think sometimes, man. Sometimes how we grow up, what we watch, who we talk to, all of those things come to the reasons why we have policy beliefs. Scenarios next. Scenarios is brought to you by 1-800-DUI-AWAY. Let's get to that good old scenario. I'm a pretty intelligent girl who's gone through a shattering, horrible, tragic breakup because of a man I adore. After spending a year getting to know him and then a year and a half living with him in Mississippi, trying to develop a relationship with him, he dumped me. It took a while, but I saved some money and came to my senses. I moved back home and I started a new career. Now he's flying in for business and asked me for dinner. I've thought endlessly about what I'm going to wear, revved up the diet, exercise, and imagine all sorts of ridiculously expensive restaurants that he might invite me to. But I can't imagine him saying, I was wrong. I'm moving here to be with you. Marry me. I know. I just, these are my thoughts. I'm torn between wishing he would ask that question so I can break his heart and wishing for it so I can live happily ever after. But I don't think it will happen. So here's my question. Should I even bother spending an evening with this man? And if I end up seeing him, do I play it cool? Or should I be all sugar like I usually am? I've lost all perspective and I need your help. 888-973-5476 is the state roof, excuse me, is the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Ursula, you're up to bat first. She sounds very confused and her emotions are all over the place. My suggestion is not to go out to dinner with him until you are more settled in in where you are because there are unsettled feelings right now and it's going to be you're going to be disappointed no matter what home run right i home, mean there's no home way home run that it's going to meet your expectations he dumped you why why give him the time of day you you had a you had a home run with that or like 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 literally like you are having those emotions because you're not over him no and you're having those emotions because you're not where you need to be and no. where you need to be is settled in your life yes don't even go to dinner Mm-mm. don't do it yeah I I completely agree and some people need more than once right just like with when you're trying to kick drugs. You might not quit the first time you try. You might not quit the second time you try. But then you hit a rock bottom, right? And you get to a point where you say, I can't do this in my life anymore. And the sad fact is that a lot of people, after they break up, they get back together, break up again, get back together. And I know if you get back together with this guy for just an evening, it's probably going to be great for just that evening. And you're going to feel all the feelings again. But here's the thing. Very, very soon after that, you will realize why he dumped you and why he's not right for you. And you will see it with even more clarity. As someone who's gone through this, sometimes you just have to throw your hat back in there to realize, oh, this really isn't for me. And that's how you get over someone. Look, I'm going to keep it all the way a buck, Ursula. Ursula, if Buddy is hitting you up, talking about, hey, I'm going to be yeah. in town for dinner, Ursula. Yeah. He is not 
He's not he really interested not in the dinner. No. You saying Buddy's looking for booty? Man, come on. Oh. <laughs> he is, I mean, and by the way, if he was really interested in getting back together with you, yeah. you wouldn't even question it. You would know why yeah. he's coming to town. Save he would yourself tell you the that. hurt feelings. And by oh. the way, if you're still trying to figure out how you should act, again, you're not emotionally ready for this. I would just, nope. Yeah. Have a good time while you're visiting my town. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey, oh, have fun. Nick, what do you got, bro? Well, I know for some it's hard letting go of something you think it's great, but when the two sides go their separate ways, more often than not, it gets messy trying to make ends meet with the relationship. Skip out on the dinner if it were me. His intentions aren't for the best, and he knows why you're trying to set up another date with him. Baby, come back. Maybe it might be revenge, but more often than not, I feel like you're just trying to get it back together with him. You're going to feel tenfold the amount of emotions you're feeling now if you try and do that. Mm. It might might be one of the easiest uh, scenarios in a while. I mean, that was uh, very simple. But I do like what you had to say, Chef. Sometimes it does take twice. Sometimes, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're like, ah, and then when it happens, like, oh, okay, we are really done. Like, after you've gotten back together, and it's like, oh, I'm not doing it again. It's like uh, reconnecting with an old friend sometimes, and then you realize, oh, that's why we don't hang out. <laughs> Greg in Las Vegas, dating an ex is like failing a test that you had all the answers to. People change. People change. (laughs) That's your biggest mistake. People change. I'll change them. Do they they change or do they just, are they better at just disguising? Letting you hear what you want to hear. Could be. No, I I take that back. I I do think people do change. (laughs) Otherwise. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd be in trouble, right? No, I do believe that a lot of people have the opportunity to change. Now, if this guy, not saying that he is a bad person, I'm just saying if he really wanted her, he would have professed that before flying into town. He's not going to come in town and be like, oh, now that we're out of dinner, by the way, I wanted to talk about getting back together. Okay, Mike in Portland says not going out with him is her best chance of getting back together because guys want what they can't have. Agree? Ooh, Mike in Portland, you out here saying doing the Lord's work. You ain't lying. That is the best way. You want if he wants you back and, and just don't go to dinner with him while he's in town. Oh man. I think that's some modern energy. men are done playing games. <laughs> Hard to get doesn't always work anymore. Well, People just move on. Very true. All right, well, when he comes in town, he also get on Tinder. Hey, uh, coming up next here on the Gianursa Show, it'll be time for Agree to Disagree. If a 20-year-old amateur wins an event, should they be entire, entitled to the entire p- purse money? That's going to be a discussion next. Gianursa. Gianursa.